Are you accepting it? No, of course no. not. Rubbish. The government is not accepting it. Welcome to Two Grumpy Hacks, the podcast. I'm Malcolm Farr, and of course, we're with Dennis Atkins. And this is the year of the fire hose of falsehood. This is podcast number 40 for this year of tumult. Dennis, I suggest we've seen some desperate dead catting in recent days. We we had an angry Prime Minister after seven government MPs voted contrary to his wishes and backbenchers questioned his flimsy offering on religious freedom and and in an integrity commission. So he got angry and he kicked the cat. Well, metaphorically, Morrison uh, took up the old dead cat strategy. When the discussion uh, makes you uncomfortable, throw a dead cat on the table as a distraction. There were there were a couple of them at least uh, shaking fists at China, uh, declaring war on social media trolls. Um, but that was rampantly dead catting, wasn't it? Uh, yeah, yeah, it was. I mean, you know, it, it was sort of desperation, you know, trying to get out of a corner, trying to sort of uh, distract people, um, you know, call it what you will. Uh, it was certainly the Prime Minister in, in uh, you know, I don't want to talk about this, I want to talk about something else. Please make the thing that I really don't like go away mode. Yes, yeah. Uh, and then the uh, uh, the the Omicom uh, virus—I don't even know how to pronounce it, let alone deal with it—came uh, up, and there was it was fascinating. The first question to the Prime Minister on Monday, question time, came from Anne Webster, the MP for Maui government bench, of course, and it summed up everything. She asked the Prime Minister. Uh, please, please, she pleaded, outline to her, to the House how the Morrison government is taking action to keep Australians safe from the threats such as Omnicom, COVID strain at home and abroad and how the government is protecting Australia's, Australians from faceless cowards online by holding social media giants to account for appalling online behaviour. Now, that, there, there is no connection between the coronavirus and, uh, and rude people on Twitter, but uh, they were wrapped up in oh. the one question. And, uh, you know, uh, my, my case, my cat, my dead cat in case rests. Uh, well, I, I, I'd suggest you haven't looked at Craig Kelly's Twitter feed. Uh, <laughs> there, there is a direct connection between those two things, and it's, it's, it's all there in Craig Kelly. But no, no, I, 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 I sort of I introduced Craig Kelly at my peril. You're dead right. I mean, you know, this it was quite extraordinary. But the thing that does unite those two things is is the word safety and and the prime minister's uh, uh, opportunity to remind people that there is one avenue to safety and it's him and the re-election of his government. He's the guy who can keep, who has kept us safe uh, during the pandemic. He will keep us safe in future, no matter how many variants turn up. Uh, you know, we're only sort of uh, five letters into the, uh, as we're reminded, the 24 letter 
Greek alphabet. Uh, and although there's a couple that apparently are not going to be used, we're not going to use the, the word new because people might think it's actually a new virus. And uh, they're not going to use uh, Xi because they don't want to offend someone who lives in Beijing. Um, <laughs> but, but other than that, the other 22 are all up for grabs. Uh, so we've got a long way to go. You know, we can have variants coming out, out of variants and we probably will. But if you want to be kept safe, then Scott Morrison is your man. And at the same time, because, you know, this guy can chew, chew gum, trip over and, uh, you know, run on the spot at the same time. Um, he's also going to keep you and your kitties safe from online trolls and, and the evil that they perpetrate. Uh, I mean, you know, he, he's just extraordinary. I mean, the, the, uh, uh, on Sunday, he did a press conference. I didn't watch it, uh, but, somebody in the television industry alerted me to it and um, said, you've got to watch this. This, this. this is setting a new land speed record for the use of the word safe or safety. And I, you know, went and did my duty. I watched it and he did. I mean, he said safe and safety so many times uh, that, you know, it was just breathtaking. Um, you know, Neville Rand once advised his, uh, caucus colleagues uh, that if they wanted to get the government's message across, they had to repeat it so often that they were swimming in their own vomit from hearing it so much. <laughs> and, um, may I suggest that uh, the bath at the lodge is not a pretty place? <laughs> <laughs> oh, dear me. Yeah, yeah. Well, well. I mean, yeah. John Howard used to say that uh, by the time that journalists are sick of hearing one particular message uh, from politicians, it's only just starting to seep through into the general population, voting population. And it, it, it could be right on this, but I, I, I do think that uh, Scott Morrison is going to have to work pretty hard to be, um, you know. Uh, daddy to us all who keeps it safe um, and that might well indeed be the primary message of the upcoming federal election which we might get to a bit later but in terms of safety I find it difficult to understand why why Defence Minister Peter Dutton one minute tells us that uh, China if it got angry could wipe out every capital city in Australia before we could do anything about it and then the and the other hand says, and by the way, I'm going to piss off Beijing mightily. Just watch me stand up to these bastards. It it it, it doesn't make sense, and it's it's hardly a way to keep us safe by annoying someone who could wipe out every every town from Cairns to, to Hobart at a flick of a switch. What what on earth do you think uh, Dutton is up to? Would you dare say that he's trying to rouse a, a domestic political issue? Uh, I think he's definitely trying to do it. Um... Uh, you know, um, Penny Wong gave what I thought was a, a pretty considered uh, and, um, uh, and, 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 and quite a thoughtful speech uh, last week where she, she said that what Dutton was doing was actually some of the most dangerous politics that she had ever seen in Australia. And that was using the threat of war with someone in our region as a uh, as a domestic political uh, weapon, uh, so you're you're taking aim in a warrior sense rhetorically, 
at a country in our region so that you can win a political battle with your opponent domestically. It is, uh, you know, you know, let's give Peter Dutton the benefit of the doubt and say maybe he's not, that's not what he's doing. But if that is what he's doing, and I, I say, I've got to say I've, I tend to agree with Penny Wong, but if that is what he's doing, then it is a very dangerous game to play. And as you point out, uh, you know, if China does have these weapons that uh, can reach any of the Australian capitals or, or big population centres, uh, then I'm not sure how safe people should feel after Peter Dutton is sort of, you know, poking the panda. Yes, indeed, poking it with a big sharp stick. Now, uh, the the timing or the, the sitting schedule for next year is out and there's much excited uh, projecting that perhaps the election will be in May after a May, after the March budget. Does Scott Morrison think he can play the same trick again as he did in uh, 2019? Go to a budget uh, which will be no doubt full of uh, announcements and then go to the election as soon as possible after to cash in on those announcements? Well, that, that's one thesis which is being sort of written by uh, some of the more excitable people in, in the Australian media. You know, sort of, I, I don't think it really means anything at all other than you know, sort of uh, taken at face value. It, it says the government hasn't got much to do or much to talk about because you know, there, there's what a sort of you know, 10 sitting days that they've scheduled, scheduled uh, for the first half of the year, I think. Uh, 14, I think, is, is the actual title. Uh, total, um, yeah. So, yeah, if they're a really busy government with a big agenda, it doesn't appear to be the case when you look at their sitting schedule. Uh, and and it's only it's only a, a schedule. It, it, none of those days actually have to be, uh, you know, uh, have to have to actually lead to a sitting of parliament. Uh, Scott Morrison can call an election before the scheduled first sitting day in early February. Uh, he, so he could call an election at the end of January for early March if he wanted to. Uh, he could call an election in mid-February. He could call an election. He can call an election any time as long as it's held uh, uh, before, I think, uh, the 17th uh, of May. Um, so, you know, yes, it's interesting. Does it mean anything? Possibly not. Uh, other than, you know, he, he, I think he wanted another story out there. Um, you know, sort of maybe, maybe sort of the the collection of dead cats that were there needed <laughs> another, another one to sort of keep 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 them company. Um, but I, I still think you know he will go when when he when he thinks he can win, uh, and a lot of that will depend on the progress of of, of this uh, new. Um, coronavirus variant, uh, whether or not it leads to anything globally, what impact that has on uh, Australia in terms of restrictions that are here. So how Australia fares over December and January, I think, uh, with this new variant, uh, will play heavily into what Scott Morrison is is planning to do. One thing I think we do know, is that uh, the um, Mid-Year Economic Review is coming out, I think, a week before Christmas on the 17th of December 
that could be the more interesting uh, thing that that I'm told that that that's going to contain a lot of decisions taken but as yet not announced with with one <laughs> big glo- one big global figure which will probably uh, be well north of a few billion dollars uh, and that'll be uh, what's known in the trade I think is a war chest isn't it Yes, yes, uh, or a barrel, a barrel containing lots of pork. Um, yes, I, I'm sure you wouldn't be suggesting that that's the way it would be used. Look, I think that we, we should be on the lookout for, not that it would appear, we should be on the lookout for some creative accounting when uh, the, my EFO does appear. But look, there's nothing much occupying the legislative mind of the government at the moment, and I think one reason that Scott Morrison uh, has been uh, cranky is that a prime minister who stands for nothing really gets tetchy when this is pointed out to him. So we we had this business of the uh, Integrity Commission proposals and, uh, God, there there was some uh, tap dancing around that, why why it wasn't introduced by the government, um, with um, Paul Fletcher, a minister, saying that uh, it was ready to go as soon as Labor agreed to it. Hang on a minute. That's not the criterion for criterion for legislation, the government legislation. The government has a majority. It passes legislation when it feels good. And, and the other thing is the relig- religious equality bill that no one can quite understand, including backbenchers of, of the government. Um, uh, and and it, it, it really is, uh, it really is si- signposting that this government has done sweet fanny over the past uh, three years or so. Um, now, whether that becomes an election issue or not, I don't know. It depends how much we want to feel safe, I guess. Um, but uh, th- is there anything really legislatively that could occupy this government uh, over the first couple of months of next year? Well, not too much. I mean, they, 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 it depends. You know, if, if the parliament does sit, they... They may have the religious freedom legislation. It's going off to a committee. Uh, I think the committee is taking submissions up until mid-December, uh, and then they'll consider those and report back in February. So, you know, if if the parliament sits, there'll, there'll you know be a debate over that. They've also got the uh, electoral reform legislation, uh, which the most contentious part of which is. Uh, trying to make everyone turn up with their identification papers uh, so that they can uh, vote. Um, uh, there's some suggestion that this, this, which was sort of quietly shunted off into the, um, uh, in, into one of the the uh, dead end streets of, of parliamentary consideration a week ago, it may just stay there and we may never see it again, or we may just see other bits of it that, that, uh, uh, that um, the government thinks it needs to do. I, I, I understand that the Australian Electoral Commission uh, ha- has advised the government that, that uh, implementing these changes on having voter ID is going to be incredibly difficult and, and cumbersome in the, the conduct of an election. So may, maybe we won't see that again. Beyond that, I'm not sure. I'm not sure where we're going to go. I mean, we presume that we won't see the Integrity Commission legislation, you know, because, as you say, uh, Labor won't agree to it. And uh, uh, under Scott Morrison's 
thesis of parliamentary democracy, unless you have consensus before you get there, you don't go there. <laughs> yes. Uh, yes, yeah, something like that. Yes, he's, he's Captain Consensus indeed. All right. Well, look, um, uh, that's it for the parliamentary year after this week. And um, we'll finish off the year uh, next week with a, a gala podcast, he said, hopefully. Um, uh, in the meantime, Dennis, stay safe. Uh, and it's goodbye from him. And it's safely goodbye from me. <laughs>